All right, take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Well, happy 2022 and a new year for you. How's it feel? A lot like 2021 or is it different now? Do you feel like a whole different year? How many stayed up past midnight on New Year's Eve? All right, not bad, not bad. Some of you did not make it all the way or didn't care, right? Didn't say no big deal. Most people I talked to said, I don't care. It's just like any other day. I stay up. I've always stayed up past midnight on New Year's. I, I can't remember a time I haven't. I'm sure there'll be a time that I won't, but I do right now. We made it up past that and a little bit farther than that even. I had a good time uh, just so with our family and enjoyed the new year. New Year's is always a time to review and resolve, right? Review and resolve. We're going to talk about that this morning. Review and resolve. I saw a program on TV the other night. It was called A Year in Review. Talked about the highlights of 2021, the the big news stories, the big uh, entertainment stories, all those things that happened in 2021. I don't know what happened to you or happened for you in 2021, but look back in a year in review. I, I love sports, and so on the sports channels right now, They're all full of the plays of the year and the bloopers of the year, the highlights and the lowlights. And maybe your year is full of highlights and maybe your year is full of lowlights. I don't know if it's more more bloopers than highlight reel for you this year. I don't know. But uh, definitely a time where people review over the past year. Even my uh, Spotify, I, I listen to music on Spotify, a streaming service, and it gives you what's called Spotify Wrapped. And it tells me exactly uh, the songs that I listen to the most throughout the year. My most listened to song uh, this year was the uh, Easter Medley. I don't know why. It's about the resurrection, Because He Lives. That was the number one song for me. It tells me all my top artists and all my top songs that kind of reviews for me my year in review in music. And so it's definitely a time to review uh, and kind of look back over the course of the year. And of course, all of us wanted 2021 to be a little different than it was. And we're hoping and praying that 2022 looks different than 2021 does, right? And uh, we're hoping and praying that things begin to turn around. We, we are all uncertain about a lot of things. And, and that uncertainty does sometimes breed its way in, even into Christians' mindset, right? It's a time to review, but it's also time to resolve. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? Anybody? Make a New Year's resolution? Okay, a few. Do you know what percentage of people make New Year's resolutions I looked up today? Around 30%. Around 30% of people, this is, we're a lot behind the schedule here. We're a lot of people, and maybe this year it's like, why bother? We don't know what new, the New Year's looks like, so how can you make a resolution if you don't know what the rules are, right? That's, it is kind of difficult that way. And so New Year's resolutions is a big thing, and, and, and uh, I read even today that's talking about like uh, within two weeks or three weeks, 50% of resolutions are gone after two or three weeks, all right? So that's why most people don't make resolutions. Like, I made resolutions and it didn't work, so why bother now, right? And so, but it's a time to review and to resolve to do things in the new year. Whether you want to think of it that way or not, it is a turning of the calendar. It's a turning of the page, and it's a, in some ways a fresh start. And so I hope that today we'll look at some things that will be a help to you as we review and resolve together. So this morning I want to challenge you to review and resolve in just one specific area of your life, and that is your ministry, your service for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to, I hope by the end of the day, you'll, you'll review a little bit and resolve in this area of serving the Lord, what, the, what it looked like in the past year and what it will look like in 2022. 
I think we would all agree, if we're Bible-believing Christians, that serving the Lord in some way or another is a vital aspect of our Christian walk. It's not just about taking in and sitting in church. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you made the effort to get through the snow and come. And, and you know, this is historically a, a little lower attendance in, in many churches. And in fact, this is usually the, the Sunday that the, the youth pastor gets to preach in a lot of churches, right? And so I guess I'm still a youth pastor at heart. And so I get to preach this morning. And, uh, you know, we kind of have this, I'm glad you made it to church, but it's not just about taking in, it's about serving the Lord. What will your service look like in 2022, and what did it look like in 2021? We're going to look at that today. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, the way our world changed over the last couple years has really affected how we serve the Lord corporately as a church. If there's any one big change that's it's changed our church, it's how our church serves the Lord as a church corporately together, uh, big events and, and outreaches and stuff we used to do. All right. So if you're new to our church and you've joined our church in the last couple of years, I'm going to share some terms with you that you might even not even know. These may be very foreign to you. Number one, love works. I have here the most comfortable T-shirt ever made right there. How many have ever worn a Love Works shirt in their time, right? So you, you know what I'm talking about. We've, we've bought, and we've promised if we go back to Love Works, we're going to up our t-shirt game, okay? We, we made a commitment, all right, as a church. And so we used to wear these red t-shirts around. We haven't worn those shirts for over two years. I can't remember the last, the last time we probably wore those shirts as a group was probably just after the help program, which we'll talk about in a minute, in Sarnia, which is over two years ago, Right? Lots has happened, but the, the love works. We really can't go out in the community. In fact, our church is kind of known for that a little bit. Our, our pastor Levi was talking to another pastor in our area, and we were, they were talking about our churches, what our church was known for. And Pastor Levi said, this guy said, I've seen you guys out in your red shirts serving our community. I think we need more of that in our community. And we as a church would call our church and say, okay, this Saturday we're going to go do this, and, and this Wednesday we're going to go do this, and then we have this, we're all going to go together. And we'd call our church together and serve corporately in our Love Works program. But we can't do that anymore. We haven't been able to do it for the last couple of years as much as we want to. The HELP program. The HELP program, for some of you, you have no idea what that is, but that is a, a program that's lasted over 20 years now of our church. 1996 was the first HELP program that we started. And we, it's changed over the years. We would take a group of our people and gather churches from around Ontario and meet. And even Michigan would come. And people from sometimes from Florida and Ohio would come to Ontario. And we'd serve the Lord for a full week holding Bible clubs and kids programs and outreach programs. And we'd have well over from 80, 90, 100, mostly teenagers and, and adults adults serving the Lord together. It was a busy time and buses running and, and craziness and all kinds of stuff going on at our help program, which we had last in Sarnia a couple years ago. We haven't had that again. We're not sure if we'll ever have it again. We don't know what that looks like going forward. We don't. But our church would band together corporately to serve at the help program. Our Kids Connect and Gym Night program on Wednesday night where three buses would run out every Wednesday night. And many of you are involved in bus ministry and kids program. And you'd go out and pick up kids and bring them in. And we'd have kids in every nook and cranny of that building. And over here, we'd rent the school at Forest Park. And we'd have people over there. We'd have kids coming in and preaching the gospel and trying to give them the, the basic knowledge of the Bible. We had that going on in our Kids Connect program and our Gym Night program, which all stopped back in March of 2020. And we're trying to get that back going again. But now, we don't even know what that looks like. like. It's hard to even wrap our mind around what that looks like going forward. 
the dodgeball tournament, which we would have every year with our youth, and we'd have churches come from all over Ontario, even some from Michigan, and, and be involved in a dodgeball tournament. We'd preach to them and give them the, a gospel and a challenge to uh, Christians and stuff. We'd have 150 to 200 teenagers descend upon St. Thomas and pack this place out and, and uh, use, uh, we use other buildings as well for that dodgeball tournament. Workers' Appreciation Night. Remember those? We used to have those, and we'd, we'd get together, we'd do something special, and we'd try to have a good time, and we'd talk about the, the year and different things. And so Workers' Appreciation Night, the last one we had over the, ca- the, the castle station there. And just before the things shut down, I think it was like the week before things began to shut down, we had a Workers' Appreciation Night. And really, we'd have like 60, 70, 80 people who were involved in some area of our church would come and just have a night together. And so our church was known and, and was known as a church that served the Lord corporately together. And that changed. And it's hard for us to figure out how that looks going forward. But how does that affect your service? That, that's the question I have for you today. Is it possible that when these big events or these big rocks were taken out of our life, that they were filled by other things, our time was filled by other things, and now there's no time left or no thought left to serving the Lord? It, may not, it won't be the help program. It may not be love works. It may not be 50 people together, but serving the Lord should still take place in, in our lives and going forward in 2022, serving the Lord. So here in 2 Corinthians, Paul reviews his ministry and his service in the city of Corinth. The story is told in Acts chapter 18 of how Paul came to Corinth. The Bible says that he stayed there in Corinth for 18 months. So he's living here in Corinth for 18 months. Uh, He had a great ministry there. Many people got saved. In fact, God said it this way. It was God's testimony in Acts 18 verse 10. He says to Paul, I want you to stay here because I have much people in this city. God could see things. He said, Paul, I want you to stay here for a while because I got a great ministry to start here in the city of Corinth. And so Paul stayed in Corinth for 18 months. Think back, 18 months. That's, that's almost the time we're talking about. Almost, it's been not quite two years ago we, that we shut down uh, our ministries, our corporate ministries. And so he's reflecting on those 18 months that he lived there in Corinth. And I want you to know he doesn't measure his ministry by his accomplishments. Well, there's lots of accomplishments. He measures his ministry by the characteristics of his ministry. All right, I want to look at that today. And so in this passage, Paul's kind of answering some critics. There are people in the church of Corinth that are questioning Paul's authority. They're questioning his apostleship. They're questioning his motivation. They're thinking, have you ever had your motivation questioned? Have you ever said, you know, I try to do something good and people are questioning my motivation? I, I really am trying to do what's right and now I'm doing what's right and my motivation is questioned. Well, that's Paul. Paul gave his life to the early church and people in Corinth are questioning his motivation. So if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. It's going to happen. People are going to misjudge your motivation. And here's Paul's answer in part to these. He answers throughout the book of Corinthians, but here's part of Paul's answer to them and part of his review of his ministry in Corinth. Look at verse, uh, chapter 1. We'll just look at one verse to start here, verse number 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says this, for our rejoicing is this. He said, our rejoicing, our bragging, this is, this, is, this is what I'm really, I'm pumped about this. This is our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God, we had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, word. 
He says, this is what I'm boasting. I'm going to describe for you my ministry there. This is what I'm boasting about. This is what I'm rejoicing about. This is what I'm most uh, happy about. Here's my, the testimony of my conscience. My conscience is clean. I've said many times to many people, if you can lay your head at the pillow at night and say, I did the best I could to serve the Lord, then go to sleep and enjoy your sleep. People may misjudge. People have misjudged uh, this church. People have misjudged our pastoral staff. Maybe you have misjudged other people. That, that happens all the time. If you can lay your head on the pillow at night and have a clear conscience before God. Paul says, this is my testimony and my, of my conscience. This is what I, I'm telling you what my conscience is towards you people in Corinth. He said that in simplicity and godly sincerity, I've served the Lord. That was my conversation there. Let's look, break down his answer here a little bit. He says, first of all, that his service in Corinth was a simple service. It's very simple. He said, I've served the Lord in simplicity, the Bible says in verse 12. In simplicity. The word simplicity there means, uh, the, uh, the Greek word that we translate means singleness, focused. Some of you are, what are you focused on? What, what, what drives you? What, what's your main, what's your passion? What, what is your focus? For some, their focus is uh, making money. For some, it's health and fitness. For some, it's, uh, you know, fame or relationships. All those things are great. Nothing wrong with those. Paul says, here's what my focus was. Here's what, here's what I was simple about. It was very simple. I had one ministry, and that was to serve the Lord and serve you. I was focused. All right, you can judge me what you want. You can criticize me if you want. But my conscience is this, that I had a clear conscience that I was trying to do things in simplicity with a singleness of mind. Sometimes that word in the Bible is translated other places. It's translated in other ways like to be generous or to be liberal with your, with your giving. It's the idea of this, being so focused that you give all your effort, everything. Nothing's off the table. I'll give my time. I'll give my money. I'll give whatever. It, this is my goal. I'm so focused. And Paul said, my testimony of my conscience that when I was in Corinth for 18 months, my service was focused. I was driven to serve the Lord. So while Paul stayed at Corinth, his focus was on serving the Lord. It was about, according to this verse, it says later on, it was his conversation. The word conversation means his lifestyle. It, it was what people saw. It was just his way of life. He was just serving here and serving there and serving this and serving that. He was just a servant. He was so singularly focused on serving the Lord. Look back now at your last 18 months, last two years. What, is it, what has been your focus? For, some, for me, sometimes, I, think, I feel like my focus has been just been survival. <laughs> has been serving. I've just been trying to get through this, trying to figure things out. Like I, I'm just so overwhelmed by restrictions and changes and this and that and trying to work it all. I'm just trying to get through the next six months rather than serve. And Paul's focus, though he was always in survival mode, was not survival. His focus was service. It wasn't the only thing he did. Paul, Paul did not have the luxury in Corinth just to go there and say, okay, I'm going to serve the Lord full-time here in Corinth. You know why? Money was an issue. The Bible tells us in the book of in, in Acts that while he was in Corinth, he stayed with a couple of people that maybe you know their name, Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla were a couple in the Bible, and they had a certain occupation, and they made tents. 
And the Bible says that he stayed with them because that was Paul's occupation. And Paul knew how to make tents. And so while in the city of Corinth, he was making tents and serving the Lord. And making tents and serving the Lord. And making tents and serving the Lord, right? We know, this is not a verse for full-time Christian service. None of you are in full-time Christian ministry. You have to make tents and serve the Lord. You have to go to the factory and serve the Lord. You got you to do your job and serve the Lord. We all have responsibility. And, and but the, the problem is sometimes we get so focused on the other things that we lose the focus. Paul said my focus was still singular. Yeah, I was making tents. That wasn't my focus. I was making tents so I could serve the Lord. And while I was making tents, I was serving the Lord. It was all about serving God. And so he was involved in the ministry with a singular, simple, focused what has been review please take time to look back on the last 12 months or 18 months or two years has serving the lord been a focus for you again uh, it's been different because before that you would say yeah i went to the help program yeah i worked on wednesday night yeah i i did this yeah i was involved in love works yeah i served the lord okay that's changed that's changed but are you still focused on serving the lord just because those big things have been taken away, what is, Paul will say, no, our focus still needs to be serving the Lord. It may not be as a group, it may be individually, but he was simple, he was singular in his service. And so Paul, as he answers his critics, he doesn't say, well, look at this. When I came, there was no church. When I left, there was a big church. He didn't say that. He said, when I came, I, my conscience is this, I was focused and singular and simple in how I served the Lord. Can you say the same thing about the last 12 months or 18 months of your life? That's the, I think it's an honest question. Is that not an honest question to answer ourselves? What has my service looked like? Is serving the Lord as important now as it was four years ago? It, yeah. In fact, more so. More so. What does your service look like? Is it simple? Is it focused? Serving the Lord together. It's a question we have to ask ourselves. And he said, I'll tell you, my conscience, my testimony of my conscience is that I was simple in my service. Look in the passage again, he says this, not only was it simple, that in simplicity and godly sincerity. He said it was only a simple service, but it was a sincere service. Sincere. I love the word sincere. Don't you, like, don't you want to be known as a sincere person? Oh, that, he's just very sincere. She's very sincere. That would be a great compliment to know that you're a sincere person. Nothing fake, nothing phony. But even the word sincere itself, I don't usually get in too much. I'm going to teach you a little bit of the Bible here uh, in, in words a little bit. The word sincere itself, the English word sincere, is from the Latin. All right? It's broken down into two pieces. It really means without wax. That's what it means. Like, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what that means in just a minute. The word, English word sincere, without wax. Okay? The Greek words. Okay, so the Bible is written in Greek and translated in English. The English word they use was sincere. The Greek word means, get this now, two parts of the word as well in Greek, sun-tested. Sun-tested. So if you broke them apart, we'd have the word sun-tested without wax. 
right? So the Greek was sun-tested, and when they looked at that, they said, okay, we're interpret that with a word that means without wax. Now, what in the world does that mean? How does that apply? I, I hope you'll get this. Uh, I want to give you a picture. So I have a picture here uh, for you of some clay pots, all right? So this is something that you would see at a regular marketplace back in the day the Bible was written, was clay pots. That was the normal uh, way to, to do a business and to use in your house. So everyone had clay pots, that they used and they bought and they sold and they needed for everyday life, these clay pots, all right? Now, here's the deal. Back in those days, when a pot was made, sometimes it would develop a crack in it, all right? And you know what they did to seal the crack? What would they use to seal the crack? What do you think? Wax, right? So they sealed with wax. So the pot had a crack in it. They would put wax in it. And then sometimes vendors would know there's a crack in the pot, not a crack pot, but a crack in the pot, and they'd put wax in it, and they'd set it out to sell it without telling anybody that it had a crack in it. They were dishonest. They were not sincere. They were selling their pots with wax, not without wax. They weren't sincere, right? That, that's the, the word. And here's what they did. The way to tell if your pot had a crack in it, how do you think you'd tell? Well, you hold up to the sun. And if it was sun-tested and you looked in the sun, you could see the wax. And the sun, even in the heat, could melt the wax. And so when a pot was tested to be sincere or real or genuine or whole, it was tested by the sun. Sun-tested. Without wax, sun-tested. That's the picture of his service. And really... I read one book, they said that even some vendors would advertise with this one word underneath their pots, sun-tested. Hey, buy my pots. My pots are sun-tested. Like, that, was the, that, was the that was the commercial. We want you to buy ours because our pots are sincere. Our, parts don't ha our pots don't have wax. They're legit. They're whole. We're not selling them with a crack in it. Our pots have been sun-tested. And Paul says, as he describes his ministry, he doesn't talk about how many people got saved or how big the church was or how many the bus ran or like all these numbers. He says, I'll tell you what, when I was there, here's my conscience and here's my testimony before you. I was simple. I was focused on just serving God and I was sincere. There was no crack in my life. I, I, wasn't, just, I wasn't just putting on a show I wasn't just filling up, you know, with, with fluff. I was there. I was real. I was sincere. This is the story of my life. This is my conversation. I was trying to be real and authentic with you. I went there. I lived with you. I served you. This is my testimony. How has your service looked like over the last 12 months to 18 months? Can I tell you that your service should be more toward the people that you rub elbows with every day than to working on a bus ministry or going out on the help program. Those are all great. We can't do that right now. But you are still supposed to serve the people that you talk to every day. Just be real. Just be authentic. Just have a mindset of service. Be single and simplicity. with simplicity. Serve the Lord in every situation. Before the changes over the last couple of years, it's easy to kind of just be part of the program. 
Many of you were part of, of uh, the bus ministry, the kids program, the, the youth program, uh, the help program, <laughs> the love works program. You were involved. And it's easy kind of just to, oh, we, our church is doing it? I'm going to jump in and do it. Even without having a, a, you could be there and your heart not be there. You could be at the program and you could be serving the Lord without having a sincere heart, right? Have you ever been there? I think we all have moments and times in our life where we just, I don't really want to go tonight, but I'm just going to show up and do my job. I need to. But sometimes that becomes a way of life. We just kind of go through the motions and go through the motions and go through the motions. One of the best things that could happen because of this COVID virus is that we get back to sincere, real, legit service before God. I hope the programs all come back. I hope there's a bus. I hope buses are running here sometime this year and kids are coming back in. I hope that all happens. I hope there's a help program or something like that. I hope we have love work. I hope that all comes back. But if we don't come back with a sincere heart, and maybe God has used this time to reveal the cracks in our life and make sure that we're going to go out with a sincere service rather than just part of the program. This is what we do. Ah, it's Wednesday night again. I got to get on the bus. It's Wednesday night again. I got to go do the motions. Wednesday night again. I got to go through. And maybe just God gave us a little break and say, hey, now take a look at yourself. Hold, hold yourself up to the sun and see how sincere you are. And we talk about the sun, we're talking about holding ourselves up to the S-O-N, right? The S-O-N. Hold yourself up to the Jesus Christ and see how your life compares and your service compares. He said, I was there with simple service and sincere service. The last few years have been a test of our sincerity. How important is it to you to be involved in service? Is it driving you crazy? Is it like, I just can't wait to get involved and be back involved? Is it something that you're eager to do? Who are you reaching out to right now? Who's on your list? Who's on your mind? Who's on your heart? There's somebody that I need to talk to. There's somebody I need to share Christ with. There's somebody I need to show Christ to. Is there a sincere desire to... See, service doesn't have to be 40 people doing one thing together. Service can be you talking to one person about Jesus Christ. And we need to get our, our, our eyes off this big corporate service as a church, and though that may come back, and I'm all for it, and really focus in on what is your testimony of your conscience over the last year? Have you been focused on serving the Lord and been sincere in your service toward the Lord? Who are you personally investing in? This is a great time to personally invest in somebody's life. Is there somebody that you're personally investing in and trying to help to be more like Jesus Christ? As you review the last year in your mind, what is your sincere service? What is the testimony of your... Con- I can't answer that question for you. I can't. Before, here's what we used to do. Here's what we used to do before. We'd say, oh, they're doing good because they come to church on Wednesday night and serve on the bus ministry. Is that true? Just because you're in the bus ministry, you're right with God? No. This just now shows the cracks in our own sincerity, right? And so now I have no idea where you are in your service, which is a good thing. It's between you and the Lord. Do you have in your heart a singular focus and desire to serve the Lord? And are you determined to be sincere and true and genuine and investing in people's life individually? Whether the church has a big program or not, it doesn't matter. If the church never runs a bus again, it doesn't matter. You are going to find a way to invest in somebody's life and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
this year we're going to do a few more things where it involves smaller groups of our people. Uh, Avery's kind of headed that up for us to try to get some more areas of service to serve some people, the needy in our community. And I hope you'll take advantage of that. I hope it's not the same people over and over and over again. I hope it's everybody taking a turn and, and finding a way to serve those in our community out of a true heart of compassion and love, sincerity. So he says, my service was a simple service. It was a sincere service. And lastly, we see it was a spiritual service. In our verse again, it says this, this is our rejoicing. This is, our, this is what we're bragging about. This is what we're excited about. The, our testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, word. He said, it was not a fleshly wisdom. It was because of the grace of God. You cannot impact anybody. You cannot change anybody's life. But by the grace of God, you can. By the grace of God, God working through you, God working in you. It's a real, authentic ministry that can't be done in the flesh. Yes, you can show up for a bus ministry and go through the motions in the flesh, but you can't really make a difference in the flesh. It has to be the grace of God. Under, the, under divine influence. That's what the word grace, the grace of God is divine influence. Are you living your life under divine influence? We understand that terminology, right? Uh, if I say the words under the influence, get a, get a picture in your mind. What, what does that look like? Don't tell me because I don't want to hear it. I know it's in your mind. When you think of somebody who's under the influence, you think of somebody who is under the influence of drugs or alcohol. They're acting in a way that you say, oh, that person is under the influence. They're driving under the influence. They're acting, they're speaking under the influence. I had a friend of mine who would say that when he was in college, he used to drink a little bit before he gave his speeches because he hadn't, didn't have enough courage to give his speeches until he got a little bit of alcohol. I'm not suggesting that's the right way. In fact, we don't believe in that at all. But here's, and, and I don't make this, I would never make this connection, but, but God does, so I think it's okay. Living your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit is similar to living your life under the influence of alcohol. Isn't that what God says in the Bible? Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Just like people in the world would, would fill themselves with alcohol or, or, or drugs and it changes their behavior, I want you to be filled so much with your spirit of God that it changes your behavior and changes your actions and changes the way you do things because you're so filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's spiritual service. We need a filling of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to make a difference with the people that you rub elbows with at work or in the community or next door neighbors, you need the Spirit of God. You need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. So it changes the way you talk. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you act. That's the, that's the point of that verse. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Have you ever met someone and you said, that person has the Holy Spirit of God? That, there's something different about that. The way they act, the way they talk, the way they handle people. They have the Holy Spirit. That ought to be all of us. And so here, Paul says, you know, this is my testimony and my conscience that when I was with you, it wasn't in worldly wisdom. It was a showing of the Spirit of God in our life. 
As God works on our hearts, we are able to minister to the needs of others. This was their behavior and their reputation. He says this in the last parts. We had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, word. The people in the world saw it and the people in the church saw it. Everybody saw it. This is our testimony. This is, as I review my year or 18 months with you in Corinth, simple, sincere, and spiritual. It wasn't about how many people you got, came to church. He said, this is the characteristic of my service. So I want you to take a minute in your mind to look back on your year. How have you served the Lord? I'm not saying, well, I was on the bus. You weren't on the bus ministry. We didn't have one. I was in the kit. You weren't there. We couldn't. But have you been simple, sincere, and spiritual in your desire to serve the Lord in the lives of other people? Let me just show you one more verse. Turn to chapter 12, verse 15. We've called this message Review and Resolve. And so we spent the majority of our time on reviewing. Let me look at one verse about resolving. Chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, we'll look at verse number 15. Paul says this at the, at the end, near the end of this book, this letter he wrote to Corinth, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. He says, I'll tell you my resolve. This is my decision. I will. I will. It's, a, it's an act of the will. I'm going to continue. I will is, is futuristic, and I will is an act of the of decision. I will gladly spend and be spent for you. He said, this is my resolve. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on, keep on, keep on serving, keep on, keep on, keep on loving. That's what I'm going to keep doing. You can't stop me. You can't make me not serve you. You, can't keep, you, can, you can criticize me. You can judge my motivations all you want. You can criticize me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep on loving you and keep on serving God. You can't stop me. I will, and I will gladly do it. What a verse. What a testimony. What a resolve. So Paul responded to their accusations and rejection. They accused him. They rejected him. And how did he respond? Love and sacrifice. Accusation, rejection, I'll, I'll give you love and sacrifice. You want to reject me? I'll give you love. You want to accuse me? I'll give you sacrifice. That's how he responded. That's how we should respond. Keep on loving, keep on serving. But you know, it wasn't just Paul that did that. Isn't that what Jesus did? What did they do to Jesus? Called him names, accused him. Some people even said, he has a devil. He's beside himself. He's demon-possessed. They questioned his motivation. They spit on him. They yelled at him. They called him names. And how did he respond? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I lay down my life for you. Accusation, rejection led to love and sacrifice. In Paul's life at Corinth, he says, the more I love you, the less I be loved. If you're, in, if you're serving the Lord and serving people to get something out of it, it's not going to last. If you're serving the Lord and serving other people because you love the Lord, it will last. How do we respond to accusations? How do we respond to troubles and trials? What are we going to do in 2022 as the rules continue to change? Well, we have a choice. 
keep moving forward in love and sacrifice. Paul described his service during the 18 months in Corinth as simple, sincere, and spiritual. How would you describe your service over the last 18 months, over the last two years? Have you, ser- have you been focused at all, or are we just trying to figure things out and just trying to work things through, just trying to, it's more about survival than service, maybe it is. But more importantly, what will you resolve to do moving forward? The mindset, our mindset has changed, there's no doubt. The mindset of the world, our mindset has changed, but the mission of the church has not changed. Right? Our world's changed. I give it, there's, there's not a help program, there's not a bus ministry, there's not all these things. Even our own mindset, you know, uh, maybe you're frustrated or you're fearful. All these things are on your mind and you're dealing with this day after day after day. My mindset has changed over the last two years, but the mission of the church has not changed. The mission of the Christian has not changed. We are still here to make an impact, to serve others, to serve the Lord, and our mission has not changed. We're still called to serve. And though our mission has not changed, maybe our methods need to. It's okay. What if there's never a Wednesday night bus ministry again? What if there's never a help program again? What, what, what it what? doesn't matter. Methods can come and go. The mission has to be the focus. But I'm telling you, folks, from our pastoral staff and a pastor's heart, sometimes I wonder that when the method was set aside if we didn't lose sight of the mission as well. And all I'm trying to do today is bring back to our forefront of our mind the mission, the mission, the mission. We don't know. We, we don't know. Nobody knows what the methods look like moving forward. We'll try this. We'll try that. We'll figure things out. But the mission does not change. Are you resolved to serve the Lord no matter what comes in the new year, no matter what the cost, no matter what the response. What did 2021 look like for you? And what will 2022 look like for you in the area of service? Can I encourage you to take a few minutes today to review and resolve to figure out how you can simply and sincerely and spiritually serve the Lord in 2022. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? No one looking around. Whether you're here in the auditorium or watching online, I'd encourage you to take a moment right now to review and resolve. If you're watching today or if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me just say that His love and His sacrifice are evident throughout the Bible. and He did that because He loves you. He wants to make himself real to you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, please reach out to somebody today. Let us share with you the love of Jesus Christ that we've experienced in our life that's made a difference. And if you have, if you know Christ as your Savior, and you know service is something you're supposed to be involved in, and you know that service helps you grow, and you know that service is part of the the maturing Christian life, then I want you to take a minute today and review the last year and resolve what you're going to do in the new year. Simple, sincere, spiritual service. Staying on mission as we resolve to serve the Lord together. As we have our invitation music play,
that you take a moment and review your life and resolve what 2022 will look like.